was just the bumper. Hey, uh, hey, since uh, everybody in America, and particularly Colorado, loves working out, let's everybody just stand up for a second. All right? And now, now if you are in a relationship or uh, you are married or whatever, sit down. All right. Now, if the rest of you could just shake it. And then, and then look around. That's what you're working with, okay? That's what you're working with. Better than Tinder. All right, everybody sit down. All right. Hey, <laughs> this, is your this is your first time of coming to Young Adults. Let me just say that you are welcome here, that we don't, um, we don't uh, have any notions about what kind of life you needed to be living before you walked in tonight, that we don't have any um, preconceptions about what, we're, what kind of life we're hoping you live before you walked in tonight, that no matter what kind of lifestyle you're living right now, that you are welcome here. Um, but the second thing is that we hope that you encounter God um, because he's real, he's alive, he loves me, and he loves you. And we've been in this series called State of Hope because if you look around the news, if you look around the world right now, we wouldn't say that we're in a state of hope. We would say that maybe um, if you could feel it, if there were words to put to it, and there's really not, but if you could put words to it, it would be that we're in a state of chaos, that we are in a state of division, that we are in a state of frustration, that we are in a state of anger, that we are in a state of um, maybe at sometimes hate, that we are in a state of, you know, people tweeting whatever they um, feel in that moment without any repercussions to follow, that, that we are in a state of unjust generosity, um, that that is more the state that we are living in right now in 2016 in the United States of America. And the reality is, is, is that if you are in here tonight and, um, and you call yourself a Christian, or if you are in here and you are investigating this man named Jesus, which I would invite you to do, uh, he's, he's the greatest man that ever lived or ever will live. Um, but that if you are in here and you call yourself a Christian, that we believe that Jesus um, actually is the hope of the world, that it's not in a government, that it's not in uh, a system, that it's not in uh, maybe an educational uh, kind of upbringing but that it is actually Christ, um, that in him and through him and to him are all things, and that is hope. Now, with that, though, we ask the question throughout this series, well, if Jesus is the hope of the world, which I believe he is, and I hope you do too, if Jesus is the hope of the world, if he is the hope of the world, then how in the world does the hope of the world get access to the world? How in the world does the hope of the world get access to the world? And we've built a case throughout this series, and if you haven't listened to it, go back. We've built a case that God is still God, whether or not America is tearing itself apart. That God is still God today and tomorrow, whether or not we treat each other poorly or whether or not we treat each other well, that he is still Lord of Lords, King of Kings, that he's not surprised, as Doug Weckerman says, about what's going to happen in November. He already knows. He's already there. And not only that, but that you and I, we believe that the way that God accesses the world is through me and through you. That the way that God access his access points of hope to this world is people like you and it's people like 
me. And a few weeks ago, we talked about the reality that if you and I are going to be God's hope, if we are going to be his breath of fresh air in this generation, if we are going to be healing and we are going to be, bring peacemakers and this is the type of people we are going to be, we said that we are going to have to get skin in the game. And this is a poker term, right? And um, it basically means, you know, when it's like, well, get skin in the game. What your friend is saying to you is he's saying, I want your money. <laughs> and so put your money where your mouth is. You're bluffing right now. You're bluffing. And what we do sometimes as Americans, as Christians, as humans, is we talk about issues, but we refuse to actually engage in issues. And I believe that right now <laughs> we are sitting at a precipice, all churches throughout America and beyond America, throughout the world. We're sitting on a precipice, and there will be two types of churches that emerge from this season. And there will be churches that do a good job of talking about the issues, maybe talking about Christ in us and through us and, and to the people in the city of Denver and to the people in the cities across America. There are going to be churches that do a good job of preaching sermons on Sundays and people giving tithes and then walking out and not changing anything and having good hearts, and having maybe pure spirits, but not changing anything. And then there's going to be another type of church that's going to say, I want skin in the game, that's going to say, it's worth a risk. And no matter, you know, if you, if you came in here tonight and you're wondering what does change require, it requires cost on someone's part. Change always requires us to put something in that costs us something. And I believe that there are two types of churches that are going to emerge. There is going to be one that is still loved by Jesus, that is still, um, you know, the apple of his eye, but that has very little change within their world. And there will be the type of church that says, I'm in. Even if I do it wrong, even if I say it wrong, I'm going to engage with culture. I'm going to engage with the conversations that are happening right now in America. I am going to bring the love of Christ to the people around me. And they are going to change the normal for our children. And so tonight what we are going to do is we're going to have a discussion. And um, I'm really excited about it. I can't, um, I can't say that I haven't um, prayed more <laughs> in the last like year probably than I have this week. Um, that a few months back that actually it was like a month and a half ago that there was um, some newsreels that kind of over, overtook our TV and it had to do with um, different uh, shootings that had happened about a couple days apart and that um, took the lives of two men, two black men here in America. And at that point, there was almost like this flare that um, was maybe just a, you know, a little flicker that kind of sparked throughout the nation. And at that point, I, me, as just a human being and just kind of following and doing the best I can to understand, I felt like I understood that there was a problem um, that I couldn't turn away from, that there is something that's happening right now in America that I can't, I can't not look at. And that I would be doing a disservice to not at least try to lead right now in a way that provides change for our children. And so um, tonight what we are going to do is um, we are going to be a church that pursues 
something new. We are going to be a church that puts skin in the game. We are going to be a church that doesn't just talk the talk, but actually walks the walk in our communities. And so when we say that everybody is made in the image of God, we mean it. And when we say that everybody's invited to this church, we mean it. And when we say things like, you know, um, come, all you, you who are weary and burdened, that we mean it, that we get skin in the game. We don't just talk about it. We actually do something. And, and tonight is a risk for me. And I'm actually, um, I'm assuming that a lot of us have some um, preconceptions. We have some notions of our own. We have some political standings. And so what I'm asking you is, one, to trust me. But number two, um, that, that, um, that you might get offended tonight and that that's okay. Um, contrary to popular belief, offense is like kind of normal and <laughs> happens a lot. <laughs> but um, it's like we've gotten to a place where it's like it's illegal to offend anybody. But... Um, um, but tonight, um, that there may be some offense that's taken, but that that's okay. And if, you're, uh, if your toes get stepped on, maybe ask yourself tonight, why am I so worried right now? Why am I so upset? Because these are questions I've been asking myself. And Colossians says this um, about offense. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So we are trying to be an access point of God's hope to this generation. And tonight we are going to do that by having a discussion with three of my friends who are African-American, um, who I respect profoundly and who I think are much smarter than me. So it's going to be awesome to have them up here. And so if you could, can you give a hand to these three people? It's Jay Azabuki, Daisy Azabuki, and Ryan Leake. Boy, girl, boy, girl. You call it middle. All right, so first of all, guys, I need to know who your first, your first pick is in fantasy. No, I'm kidding. I, he goes, Cam Newton. Um, dang it. Um, Um, no, no, seriously, uh, what I would love for you, uh, so that these people get to know you is maybe just, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, um, your family, anything you want to share, so. Daisy, yeah, Daisy, you should go first. <laughs> ladies first, ladies first. All right. Hi, everyone. Oh, they responded. That's awesome. Um, my name's a Daisy, like a flower, a Daisy, not just Daisy. Most people just assume I'm stuttering when I say a daisy, that it's just daisy, so I wanted to explain that. Um, I, let's see, what do I do? Okay, I am on staff here at Red Rocks Church as one of the worship leaders. Um, um, someone just say work? <laughs> that was awesome. Um, I, I have three older brothers, one of whom is right here, Jay. Um, we, you said just a little bit about our background. Is that what you were saying? Okay. So we were born in London, England. Uh, grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Bible Belt. And no cheers. Cool. Um, <laughs> and then um, we, yeah, our, our parents are born and raised in Nigeria. And so we had an interesting upbringing, I'd say. Um, 
and they believe very strongly in the, um, I think it's Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child the way he should go. When he grows up, he won't depart from it. So we were raised, you know, in, um, just in a Christian home. We were blessed to have that kind of upbringing. And um, is that good? Okay. <laughs> That's great. Jay, go ahead. I'm Jay. Azabuki, um, Daisy's brother. And uh, she kind of said everything already. Um, but uh, yeah, born in London, England. Um, grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I work at Wells Fargo. I have uh, three beautiful triplets on the way. Uh, absolutely pumped about it. Just yeah. so Total pumped. miracle story, too. Yeah, you should ask um, him about it. That's, yeah, I'll probably say that three or four more times today because I'm so excited about it. But, um, yeah, that's, that's me. Cool. Uh, my name is Ryan. I'm a, a young adult pastor in Dallas. And uh, all my Dallas people, good to see you. Um, my, I'm married to uh, this beautiful Puerto Rican, 15% uh, black, let me tell you that. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, we have a son, Jackson. He just turned 21 months. And, um, and so we're, we're, we're parents. We can't do three like this man because he's going for three, three for yeah, one at one time. I don't know once. how you do that. The Lord, Lord. trusts you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. With three. Um, With one, he's like, oh, oops. You know, and I have two. So You have, but three at the three same time. Three is like, I trust you. Yeah. That's a three-pointer. I don't know. I mean. I'm trying to build a basketball team. That's, you got it. You got it. I need two more. I, and I, I would just like to say this, too. Um, I got off the plane at 445, yeah. and I can't tell you the amount of energy that just hit my body when I landed because yeah. of the conversation we're about to have tonight. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is while there might be some people that get offended, I didn't come to offend anybody. I came to piss off the devil. Yeah, that's what's and up. So I, that's I'm, what's up. Like, yeah. Because what you got to understand is <laughs> the devil hates unity. Yeah. He hates when we get together. Yeah. He hates when we have these conversations. Yeah. And he would do anything he could to stop it. And so I, I'm just so excited to be here because I just believe that transformation can happen when we're just willing to have these conversations yeah. and just allow the Holy Spirit to do yeah. his work. So um, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about tonight's conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway. Thank, Thank you. you, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, so uh, in, you know, I think it was early July, uh, that first week of July, uh, there were two men um, that were killed um, by police officers. So it was Alton Sterling and then Philando Castile. And... Um, and uh, I reached out to you after that, uh, Ryan. And so um, just maybe if you could tell me how you felt that week or what you thought about. Um, you know, it was interesting. Chat was actually coming to Dallas, I think, the day of the first shooting. And then the second shooting happened while he was there. And then the shooting happened in Dallas. Right. And so uh, right. Right. things were just escalating, you know. And obviously you get this feeling like, man, something's wrong. It's... But uh, on, then you start realizing, well, technology has advanced. It's not that these things weren't happening. It's just that people are putting them on Facebook now. And, and so the, you, you, start to, you start to feel a bunch of emotions. And um, the, your first response is you go, okay, well, I'm, I'm black. That's how you feel at first. But then you come back to, well, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I'm an ambassador of Christ. And so how, how does... How does Jesus see this situation? How does God see this situation? And so uh, immediately you, I think, I think everybody feels a little bit of social media pressure 
just to respond sure. in, in yes. some way Hashtag. or another. And, and just to, you know, I mean, to do something. But um, I think that week my, my heart broke for a lot of people, um, not, not just the black community, um, but, but for a, a lot of people that were hurting that perhaps don't ever get a hashtag, perhaps don't ever make it to a Facebook video. Like it, I think it, it was a spiritual awakening, I think, for me and for our country to go, okay, um, is the church being the church right now? And, w- and what are some of the things that we can start to do? So that, that, was, that was what that week was like for me. Yeah, that's good. Go ahead, Jay. I felt conviction, um, and that's kind of a um, probably an unusual thing to feel, but um, I haven't let myself feel what some of these families have been feeling. Um, For whatever reason, I just haven't, uh, I don't watch the news. That's just not something that I have ever really done, Um, and I have, you know, my reasoning for not watching the news, but... um, not watching the news has its, has its benefits, but I feel like in this issue that we have um, in our world, um, it's making me lose touch with, with, uh, with what is really going on. And so um, the Holy Spirit's been really convicting me on this, and um, it's just been happening um, so often, and I'm kind of like, what, like, like, what is going on? And um, I've kind of been in denial that there's seriously a, ma- a serious issue um, and that racism isn't dead. It's not, you know, um, it's alive and well, unfortunately. But, um, sure. yeah, I mean, I just, conviction has been the biggest thing I've been feeling. Sure. Yeah. yeah, like realization. Yeah. Days. Um, man, I just felt so sad in that moment, like, when I was hearing about this stuff, and um, kind of like a disappointment, even, like, really, this is still going on, you know, and yeah, um, almost like, this is ridiculous, like, almost getting upset mad, legitimately, um, and I can't even watch those movies that kind of, like, go back in time and are around the, um, like, the slavery times or whatever, because I get mad, <laughs> legitimately, I, I get upset, and so, Hearing those things, I think um, that was my first, and I'm not proud of it, but my first reaction was kind of like just sadness, like anger, hurt, and honestly, just like seriously humanity. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, And this question was asked by Andy Stanley uh, to two men directly after the shootings took place, and I just kind of thought that the responses were profound. And so I wanted to ask you guys, um, are you you afraid of police officers? Um, You don't have to be, you don't have to, hey, don't filter here. (laughs) That's not the point. I wouldn't say I'm afraid, um, but... I'm cautious, sure. and I don't, I don't think that's good. Um, you know, when I'm, I'm trying to think of the last time I got pulled over. Uh, He's a good driver. Yeah, it doesn't happen often at all. Um, but if I'm sitting there in the driver's seat and I look in the rearview mirror, um, it crosses my mind of, like, some of the stuff that's happened at least for a split second. And um, 
like, should I, you know, not do something? Should I do something? Like, is there something that I'm, is there a certain way that I look that's going to make this guy um, think that I'm up to no good or something? Um, so, yeah, it, it crosses my mind, and that makes me uncomfortable, for sure. Sure. And Dace? Um, I think it's a little different for a black woman than a black man, so I'm just going to say sure. that first out. But um, I'm not I'm not afraid of police. I sometimes my heart kind of goes out to them because I feel like they've just they have such a bad rap right now. Yeah, especially among minorities. Yeah. And um, and actually, um, this is another story for another time. But really quick, my, our our father is with Jesus at the moment, and around his passing away time, the, um, it happened in LA, and the LAPD like really stepped in and helped us figure out what was going on when that happened, and so I kind of have a soft spot for police, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm so thankful to them just because of that one thing. And so, yeah, I know that there are probably police out there that maybe are crooked or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, I honestly just feel like sad for the ones that aren't, because it's like right now, Yeah especially with minorities, like we look at a cop and I honestly think, what is he thinking? Me looking at him, is he wondering, she probably assumes I'm just a jerk, you know? Yeah, that division. Yeah, so I I think I just, instead of being afraid, I I actually, um, I've made it a point to kind of go out of my way and say thank you when I see a policeman. That's not to like make me look good. It's just like, I think we we do that with our military or whatever, um, when we see them in suits or or in their uniforms. and, um, And I just think, you do stuff too as a policeman, you know, and I don't know if they get thanked, especially now right. with the bad stigma they have. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, I would say um, overall, I'm not afraid of the police. Um, there have been two times where I've been pulled over where things got a little dicey, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> um, one time in LA, uh, he didn't pull us over, me and my brother. Uh, I had a, We rented a drop top. We were going to a Lakers game. We were just having some fun. And he he stopped, and he just looked at us. He's like, what are you guys up to? We were like, driving? Being kids, <laughs> like, yeah. Hanging out. And then, and then he stopped us at the next light, and he was just like, well, we heard that there were some TVs being stolen around this neighborhood. We're like, so why don't you go find them? You think I can fit them in my Mustang? Like, what's wrong with you? <clears throat> and so... And, and and so you you started watching like uh, I started watching the OJ Simpson stuff and we 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 got in deep okay yeah. because I didn't I didn't know if OJ did it but now I know who did it it was OJ so I'm sitting there <laughs> so I'm watching this and you're learning about the LAPD I'm freaking out I'm like LAPD yeah. is crazy, crazy you know so so I'm like that's why it happened I was like it was an LA thing so then I'm driving with my buddy to to Tulsa. And uh, I said, hey, man, let's run a sports car. Just, just, let's just speed up there. Let's just act a yeah. fool. So I'm going like 100 miles an hour. And uh, this cop, I didn't know they had radar on their trunks. So I was coming behind him, and he pulled me over. I was like, oh, man. So he was like, sir, I'm going to need you to get out the car. And I looked at my friend. I said, R.I.P., R.I.P. It's been fun. It's been fun. <laughs> Call my wife. Tell her I love her. Like, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I was like, he might take me to jail. And so I, I'm walking. He's not cuffing me. He hasn't touched me. Yeah. And I go to the back seat. He goes, what are you doing? I was like, you told me to get in the car. He said, get in the front seat. And I was like, why? He was like, I'm trying to show you the radar. I was like, oh. Yeah. What's up, man? Like, and we're like, cool. We're like, we're like, sitting, in the front and, and like we're sitting in the front seat. He was like, you, you see, you were going 100 miles. I was like, I know how fast I was going. I'm sorry. 
I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm like, and my friend is like freaking out. He's like, Ryan's in jail. I don't know what we're going to do. But it, it's like, oh gosh, I think police can get a bad rep. Pastors can get a bad rep. Absolutely. Um, and, and to say all police are good is not true. Just like saying all pastors are good is not true. And so I, I'm just not going to hold. I'm not, I refuse to live my life in fear. And I refuse to live my life uh, thinking, having preconceived ideas about people. That's good. Uh, just because you, you, it's just no way to live. Um, and, and I just, I, but I do understand how people that don't dress like me, that maybe wore a little bit baggier clothes, would be a little bit more nervous driving down the road. And I think the word cautious is probably yeah. um, a, a true word. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, but I think a little bit of all of us get a little cautious. I mean, if you're speeding and you see a cop up there, what are you going to do? Slow down? I mean, you're going to do that if you're white or black. I mean, yeah. that's just being smart. <laughs> so so I, I, I think there's a little bit of, of a, you know, and, and it, would, it would be very difficult having friends that are cops, having cops that protect us at church every week at my church that are white and black. So it, it's, there's, there's no way that I could uh, really be afraid when they're the ones protecting me from people I really should be afraid yeah. of. So yeah. anyways. No, that's so good. Um, that's good to hear. I think like, yeah, I think in, in the same way as, you know, if a handful of pastors are bad, you know, to not stigmatize all pastors in the same way, you know, with the black community. So, um, so uh, what would you say is something that you would want just with everything that's taken place and then, and then even just, um, you know, as, as you know, in the future, as things come up, what is something that you wish that your black or that your white friends understood about about you, or that they understood about racism? Um, and I think this is maybe one of the biggest questions of the night. I, I I don't think we have as big of a racism problem in America as much as we have an ignorance problem. Huge difference. And I think where ignorance comes in is where you assume you know the issues. There is an arrogance like, well, if they would just, if you would just, well, if the government would just, yep. as if you have figured out all of the answers, but really have no information, you've, you've done no homework on, on a lot of the issues. And so um, I, I and, and they did too, but I, I grew up in a, a primarily white environment. Um, I started off in an all-black environment. I went from hood to suburbs every day for school. So I, I went back and forth. And so I went to a small black church, then I went to a big white church, and then I went to a multicultural church, but it was just black, white, Mexican. And then now I'm at a church where there's a hundred different nationalities and there's a little bit of everything. And so the, the beautiful thing about it is, is I, I've seen all different types of people come to know the Lord and watch God transform their life. But if you get to a place of arrogance where you feel like you have arrived and you know the answers, then I think you, you have lost your ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And, and when you are, ignorance is this place where you have lost all empathy. And empathy is simply pausing long enough to go, let me ask a question. I wonder what it's like to be in their shoes. I wonder what it's like to be one of the family members because in all reality it, like our, our family yeah have aren't directly affected by the things that have happened in our country thus far so if, if there was something that i if, if i could sit with a small group of, of my white friends um I, I would want them to know that part of the outrage in the black community is is not just police shooting 
black people. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that right now in America, when police do shoot black people, they get away with it. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, the, that's the, that's the. the yeah. That's so when people yeah. are screaming justice, it's not stop shooting black people. It's put them in jail if they do. Yeah. And and so if 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 you study all of the shootings, there are some where justice was served. But the reality is, is we live in a world where the news and media they are selling us fear, and they're they are they are waiting for somebody to shoot somebody black, so they can sell us a story. And so. The hard part is we don't, we're not always given all of the facts of all of these cases, right. but I, I don't know that anybody is, is checking on these families or checking on justice for years, right. yet these families are still calling lawyers every day and going, so have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? Yeah. For years. Yeah. And so I think that is part of, of the outrage in, in the black community that if it, it's not just shootings. It's, it's the fact that the justice system has almost turned a blind eye to it to say, well, based off of the facts, well, were those really the facts? Are you trying to protect? So I think that yeah. that's what I wish I could say to a small group of white yeah. people. But this is a larger group, so. No, <laughs> big group of white people, mostly white. Um, no, I, uh, I, I think that's really good because I think that even as um, – you know, because Ryan uh, kind of posted this thing on Facebook and it kind of went back with like the shootings that have taken place and, and with some of them um, justice was served but then with some of them um, nothing really ever happened and so I what I understood was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that the black community was like frustrated, not necessarily that these shootings took place, well that the shootings took place but also that um, it was almost as if a society just said like, well, but we don't care, like that justice is not being served, is how I, I have, as I've been talking with people, I, would you say that that's true, that maybe there's not like a, a caring, especially from the white community, like there's not a care about um, seeing justice being served or seeing the fruition of um, these cases. Um, I would agree, I, but I also wouldn't put that on white people, just sure. just to be fair. Um, and I would say what we're all called to in this room would be Christ and being a Christian. That's good. Uh, the funny thing about the week that the two shootings, the three shootings happened in Dallas, yeah. and um, is is the the funny thing is Kevin Durant went to the Warriors that Monday. And and here's the funny thing is 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 is, a, is we in America move on. So, so quickly, fast, and it was like it was a shooting this week. It was just like, well, how does Kevin Durant feel? I mean, he had to do a press conference the day of a shooting, <laughs> and it's like, hey, how do you feel about? Yeah, and and it's like, well, what news are we? And then the next week it's just something else. So I, I think uh, there's no, there's not a lot of people checking on the families now. I, I think we move on too quickly, and honestly, I. I wouldn't just say white people. I would just say people in general. I don't know that the, the black community has checked on these families to see if justice has been served or how would we? How would we even go about even knowing that? So I think part of the news cycle, the news feed is it's, it, we're just con we're fed something. That's what's called a news feed. So whatever they feed us is what we know. Yeah. So I, I think it, it, it can be a difficult thing. Yeah. Days, um, what's one thing that you think that you would love for somebody like me? Um, or your friends or your white friends um, to just understand about you or um, about racism as you see it right now? 
Um, so the Lord is awesome. He, I feel like leading up to this night, not knowing this was going to happen this whole month, but um, he's kind of just had these conversations start happening, like just naturally with some of my white friends. And so um, something I learned from those conversations is I think people are so uh, careful to not offend that they don't want to say anything and they don't yeah. converse, like they don't have a conversation. And, um, and talking to those friends, um, two things that were the reasons, I think, for them not saying anything up to this moment that we were having that conversation was they would say, I, don't wanna, I didn't want to offend you and I didn't know what to say, which is fair, like obviously. Um, but for me, like, and I might be just different, but I, I would rather you like err on almost err on the side of just saying something and care yeah. than to be silent and make me feel like you don't care, you know? Um, and it's crazy the healing and the good conversations that can come from like one question. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't have to know what to say, but if you're wondering like, like one of my friends, one of my awesome coworkers, she asked me the question, what does black lives matter mean? And she just was honest. And yeah. that was, she was just like, I just don't know. And she'd been wanting to ask me that for a while. And she was like, I didn't know if I would offend you just by asking that. And I'm just like, no, like, how are you ever going to find the answer to your question if you <laughs> never ask me anything or never ask a black person how they feel or, you know, how this affected them? And so um, I think that's something I would want my black or white friends to know, or really anybody, but um, especially white friends. Like, I think on social media, we see so much, like, there's no grace oh. <laughs> for people anymore. Rude. And so it's on us as well. Like, we have to have grace because it's, it's a scary thing to ask about this stuff. You know, like, it's not, yeah, it's not an easy right. topic. So um, there's that responsibility on us to have that grace with you. And hopefully, like, your friends will have that grace with you if you're coming into it like, hey, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to offend you. But I just need to know this answer. Or, like, I just want to know, you know. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for me. Just talk. Like, it's okay. That's good. That's, good. Yeah. that's really good. Go ahead, Jay. I'll keep mine brief. Um, I just want everyone to know that that we love white people. Um, we wouldn't be here if we did. Yeah, I mean, no, that's good. Like, that's like good. You know, we yeah. have nothing. I mean, I think white people are cool. Like, I, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I married a white chick, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think white people, so, I mean, I don't, like, there's nothing to. Yeah. No, I hear you. There's nothing there. Like, I don't yeah. know where it all comes from, um, you know, like. I think most black people, you know, I can't speak for all of them, obviously, but I think most black people have nothing against white people, only the fact that kind of what you're saying and that ignorance and, and um, hmm. no justice and, um, so good, dude. you know, but as far as like, you know, me like disliking a white person, no, like I think I don't see color. I don't think, I don't think we see color. It doesn't matter, but it's just all the tension. Yeah. Um, and then feeling like white people don't like us, and then and then they're scared. Yeah, and so, um, but I like white people. Hmm. <laughs> no, that's super good. That's super good. Um, that's super good. Yeah. Um, what I thought was interesting. So I talked with Ryan after the shootings, and and he was like, it was really interesting because a what you know one of my white friends reached out to me and said, oh hey, like how are you doing after the shootings took place? Um, and at the time, Ryan was like. Good, thanks. You know, like, um, like he didn't really need someone to check on him at that moment. But then, a few hours later, uh, he ran into an, another person who was just kind of offensive in the way that they tr- treated 
um, treated the story and then and then maybe just towards you is it yeah and um, and he was like at that moment that my friend that talked to me earlier in the day was like a balm you know to to a wound that this person didn't even know they were creating and so by reaching out and just trying um, to engage and just talk um, what that can do so I thought that was I thought that was really interesting. Um, and what do you think right now, if you uh, had an opportunity, what do you think the church's response um, should be? Um, listen and um, be, like, overly welcoming to um, people of all races, honestly. Um, and it might be a challenge um, like, for example, to get more black people in this room, for example, it might be a challenge at first, um, you know, to let um, that community know that, like, it's, it's okay, like, we love you in here, and, like, there's nothing to be afraid of, um, we're not going to treat you any differently, and um, this is, like, a safe place for you, and, and you can come in here, and you can um, be loved on, and, and, and let someone know, like, what you're feeling, um, because, Naturally, I think, I think people in general, but maybe even more so black people, because of all the stuff that's happened, uh, like to be around people that look like them. Um, yeah. And so, and it's not necessarily a good thing. I think it's subconscious, too. But, um, like, uh, growing up, I started playing basketball because Michael Jordan was black. He looked like me, right? And so there's a reason I didn't start swimming. Well, actually, there's two reasons why I didn't start swimming. <laughs> Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, but the point, like, like it, it might take some time, you know, yeah. like to get more like, um, diversity because, yeah. you know, that's not something that happens overnight. But I think if we just love, um, and just be just so welcoming, um, to the ones that are here, um, and, um. What? No, it's true. <laughs> There's like three. So. Yeah, I, I was looking but for we one, love but you. <laughs> couldn't find one. Yes. They're in all the row. Wow. We love them. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'd say. Go ahead, Adays. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Um, I think patience is is key for sure. Um, and something like Chad said uh, a couple weeks ago or so when he was speaking about this stuff, like broaden your tables or. I forget how he worded it, but something with tables. You remember? Yeah. He's like, yeah. Broaden your tables, right? We remember Chad. Broaden your tables. Be intentional about your tables. There it is. So much better than broaden. Uh, <laughs> I was Put another listening. leaf in your table. <laughs> yeah, the leaves. We knew. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I, I think I had some conversations with some friends that were like, how do I do that if I don't know any? And I think, um, well, they were talking to me, besides me, how they, like, <laughs> besides, besides knowing me. And I was just kind of like, just start where you, where you are. Like, can I out with my family? Like, whatever. I'm, we're, like Jay was saying, we're open and, at least most of us, by God's grace, we're open and forgiving and mm. not forgiving. That sounds so bad. Um, no. We are okay. forgiving. You are but forgiving. Not like they have done something wrong to us personally. You know what I mean? Just forgiving of, uh, like, if you accidentally offend us by trying to talk things out. And um, I think it's just the same principle of being Jesus, like, regularly, you know? Like, yeah. seek out the person that's a loner. And it can get kind of lonely in this church, for real. Like, just being one of the only 
um, one of the only black people sometimes, and yeah. not anything against you guys over there, but like sometimes I don't see other black people, and it's just kind of like, okay, no one really, you yeah. know. So, so like if you if you see one, if you see, <laughs> that sounds awful. If you see one, if you see one, be careful. That was it was a sighting. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. If you see one, if you see one, what? <laughs> My God. <laughs> if we see one, what, Run? Right what are we doing? <laughs> no. Finish, finish, please. Please finish. What are we supposed to do if we see one? Oh my gosh, dude. If you I see know, two. I'm done. Quit. Um. Yeah. I, you sure? Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jesus, there, there are so many things that Jesus talked about where um, it was racially tense. And um, in, in Luke 10, the experts of the law, the lawyers of the day, are having this conversation with Jesus. Hey, what, comma what commandments do we have to follow? What, 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 like, what, are, what are our top commandments yeah. to get into heaven? Jesus says, love the Lord with all your heart and, and love others as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And this expert of the law asked this amazing question. He said, who's my neighbor? Mm -hmm. Like, who's my neighbor? Mm -hmm. I mean, and you would assume it's, it's your next door. Like, who, who's my neighbor? And Jesus goes into this conversation about a, a, a Samaritan, which to this Jewish audience was the most offensive thing he could have said. Yeah. I mean, it, it was so racially tense. And, and really, Jesus' response had less to do with zip codes and everything to do with comfort zones. Yeah. And it's this idea of going, oh, who's my neighbor? Anybody outside of my comfort, of my comfort zone. zone. Absolutely. And, and last night we were having this conversation even as a church, unplanned. <laughs> and um, our, when our pastor told a story of uh, a transgender person that came to our church, and uh, the way that he described he, she, shim, I'm not sure how, how to, yeah. I, I don't know what the proper term is because I, I really don't. But this is how he described it. He said that, that this person kept going like this. They, they, they didn't know if they could come in or, or out, or, or, but, but they, they were searching. And, and he, he said, even for his own conviction, that he, he said, man, I'll never call Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, he'll always be Bruce to me, period. But he, he said he, he was sitting there, and he knew that this was a man that wanted to be a woman and that had made the transition. Yeah. And, and he said, Jesus, speak through me. And the first thing out of his mouth was, hey, Danielle. Hey, Danielle. Hmm. He said it, it was so hard for him hmm. to do that, and that's how he knew it was the Lord. And today, on the way here, there is a transgender person next to me. And Amanda ran to the bathroom. And, and I remember last night going, Lord, help me to walk towards messes. Help yeah. me to walk towards the uncomfortable. Like it's, yeah, it's not just a black and white thing, but Lord, yeah. just allow me to live my life with the perspective that just says, help me to live outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. And he started talking to me and he started asking me about a sweatshirt that I had on. And he's like, man, my niece went there. And, and I was like, and I was on the phone and I was kind of frozen. And I was like, and I, I was about to be like, hey man. And then I was like, no, that might offend him. And then I was like, hey, you, and I, and I, I didn't know what to say, but I was just like, all I did was I just took a step towards him. Yeah. And, and I just, and, and I shook this person's hand. And I really don't know how, what the proper term is yeah. for 
a transgender individual, or do they want to be called? Because he, he had on pants, but he had on a dress. And I was like, man, you, you're both right now. So I don't really know what's happening. And it's like, you're, you're trying to figure out what yeah. to do. But I, I, just, I just said, man, I, I want to be at arm's length with people that I'm just maybe make me feel uncomfortable. That's good. To be able to go, this, this is my neighbor. Yeah. According to you, this is my neighbor. So I, I think the church's role isn't targeting, but it, it is, hmm. man, you know what? If I see somebody that I go, if I feel this angst, yeah. that's the person I that's should be good. running towards. 100%. So that, that's what I believe is the church's role. That's good. See, so if you see one. So if you see one, so move if you see towards one, them. You know what to do. Run towards them. Um, Black people are going to be afraid when they see all these white people running at them after service. They're I like, love you. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, uh, I actually, I would love it if you guys would just um, maybe share something that um, about you um, that you think would help a community that's predominantly white maybe just understand you a little bit more. Um, because I feel like over the last couple of weeks as I've had conversations with um, a few of my friends, with you, with Dave, um, and as I've just listened to them, um, it's kind of expanded... Um, I never thought I was racist or I had um, racist tendencies, but I, I definitely think that it made me move from a place of talking points like Chad was talking about in the political realm to a place of a wider gaze and a larger understanding. Um, and so maybe if you could just share um, something about yourself that, um, and, and your experience with racism. So, uh, I, I think something that's been said to me my whole life, um, being privately educated from elementary through college, was, well, you're white anyways. You're you're white on the inside. You you just so happen to have chocolate skin. That, and and I I don't I don't think people understand how offensive that is. That it's very offensive, yeah. And 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 again there's there's lots of jokes and, and different things, but I, I I think the reality is God created me African American. And he also saved me and redeemed me and made me a new person and made me a new creation. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't wake up going, well as a black man, I'm better today. But I do wake up with this sense of duty that's just going, man, as a man of God, as a, as a father, as a husband, as a leader, God, what would you have me do? And, and on some level, you're, you're going to be offended. People are going to say stupid stuff. But I love the verse you shared at the beginning. Make allowance, which means I wake up every day expecting one person to say something stupid. <laughs> I just do. Right. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm, no, I'm not, I refuse to live my life letting that one offense ruin my whole day. Absolutely. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Like when, so, so while I know who I am, I, I still want other people to go, hey, here, here's the deal. You, you can't make assumptions about me when you haven't even had a chance to really know me or, or really just ask questions uh, about me. So that, that's what I'd say. That's good. Um, 
I think the biggest one for me was probably um, uh, dating my uh, wife, but when I was dating her, um, she's white. I don't know if anyone knows her, but uh, she's white. And um, I did, okay. I did say that. Um, sorry. Um, but she's, she's amazing, by the way. And um, we had some struggles uh, with her parents, and um, I won't go into detail, but um, that was the, I haven't struggled with racism or racial tension really um, in very tangible ways my whole life. Um, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I grew up, grew up around white people, and, um, you know, they honestly, they welcomed me like, like there was no issue uh, growing up my whole life, um, you know. So I almost felt kind of nervous being up here, not because I'm, um, you know, afraid to talk to you guys, but I'm nervous because I don't, I didn't feel like I was speaking from like a place of pain um, yeah. that, that so many families um, in our country are, speak, are, are going through. And so, um, because it's been, it's been pretty gravy for me, honestly. Um, but the one thing that was a major struggle for me was, was, um, uh, was that situation with her parents. And everything's beautiful now. Like, every, like I'm so close with her parents. Yeah. And it's, it's seriously like a, it's a story of victory, honestly. But there was, there was some tension there. And honestly, what broke it was, was um, us just having a conversation like this. And um, just getting really, really real with, uh, with her mom, especially. Um, her dad was cool uh, the whole time. It was, it was really her mom. But just really trying to figure out, like, where does this come from? Like, you know, what is it about, you know, my skin color that, that, um, yeah. that, you know, makes you wonder whether I can take care of your daughter or not, you know? Um, because everything else, like you wanted your daughter, to, your daughter to marry a strong Christian guy. You wanted your daughter to find a spiritual leader. Um, and I have all that. Like, I really believe I have all that for your daughter. Yeah. And the one thing that's causing tension is, is, is this. And so we had that conversation. And honestly, like, God worked so powerfully through that. And, um, I love the Lord. And so that's the one experience I've had, but it was a big one for me. And, yeah. and my wife was so strong through the whole thing. Like, she, she was so steadfast. Um, and, um, yeah, that was my experience. That's so. good. Um, yeah, I had, I've had similar experiences like that. I've, um, I haven't dated too much, but the only men I've dated have coincidentally been white. And every... <laughs> Every, um, <laughs> each one of them, uh, either their grandparents or their parents had a problem as well. And I went through a lot of the same things that Jay was just talking about. Like, you say you love Jesus, and I do too, so what's the issue, you know? And, um, and that for me too was one of the first times I experienced racism, like, yeah. firsthand as well. Um, yeah. and it wasn't like we've, we were shielded from, things going on in the world growing up, it was just like we never dealt with it yeah. personally. And so that for me was like, oh, it's still happening like this much. And yeah. I think our generation doesn't care as much, but uh, just the older, I think the older generation just did. And I don't know, it was it was kind of a awakening. So that that's affected me in that way. And then um, with, even like after these shootings and stuff, like I've just had this 
and I was sharing this with you before service, but um, I have this like almost fear. I don't even want to call it a fear. I don't want to give it strength, but um, I have this like thought that repeats in my head and I have to keep surrendering to the Lord. And it's just like, what if some white male living in Colorado hears about this wonderful church um, where a black woman is leading worship on stage and he has a problem with it and he comes up with the gun <laughs> and um, and that's like a real you're awesome <laughs> um, no but that's just like a real it's a fear and um, and I hate it. Like I'm not, I'm not a worrisome person. You know, I'm I'm a very I try to be like, <laughs> I try to be you know, um, yeah. pretty positive and like happy and whatever. And and that's just something that I feel like is almost a thorn in my flesh. Like I have to keep turning that to the Lord every. Um, I'm not trying to be like a victim. It's just no. that's just like yeah. that. That's my real struggle after everything that's happened. And I don't want to walk in fear. Um, yeah, that's just, it, it's like um, being a leader in a white, predominantly white church. That's just kind of something you yeah. think about a little bit, and yeah. it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's how it's affected me a little. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, and it's Colorado, <laughs> and we've had some crazy stuff happen. No, and um, yeah, I just wanted um, to ask that, because I think for me, um, hearing people's stories, uh, like I, I was listening to, uh, it was actually a sermon and um, a, another panel that happened, and one of the guys, um, his experiences, I just remembered thinking, like, no way, like, that can't be real, and um, and that because I'm distanced from, you know, the black community, you know, I don't live in a black community, I don't, that, you know, the, that distance creates a misunderstanding, does that make sense? And so I think for us um, as a white church, the challenge is not moving um, away from it, but moving into it. Because as you get into it, there's just more and more understanding where you're like, oh, my goodness, this is your experience. And I completely understand how that makes you feel that way now and, and so on and so forth. And it moves from media talking points to people um, with hearts and with families and with stories and, and your friends, you know. Um, and so um, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts um, before we close out tonight, but. I would just encourage everybody to, number one, unfortunately, the events in July, um, I don't believe are going to be the last time that we see them. Um, and that's not to scare anybody, but that is to just be aware we live in a sinful world. They're carnal people. And carnal people do carnal things. And I, I, I want to encourage everybody just to play your part. Just, just play That's your good. part. Uh, I mean, me and my wife put our son in uh, a daycare today. It was his first day. Uh, we, we live in um, a, a rather nicer suburb. Mm -hmm. um, I own a couple of businesses we do well in life on top of ministry and walking in as the only minorities, they were shocked to see us. And the teachers didn't know what to say. The other parents didn't know what to say. Yeah, say something. But they're, 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 like, they're, they're, they're shell-shocked. That was this morning. 
I mean, this is a minute from our house. And, and here's all I'm saying. Here's my part. Hey, my name's Ryan. Yeah. Hey, my name's Ryan. That's good, Ryan. Hey, my name's Ryan. That's good. I can't control their part. That's I won't good. be held accountable That's for their part. That's good. And, and, and perhaps there might be somebody that comes into your world that makes you feel uncomfortable. I just encourage you to play your part and, and create a safe place for people to feel. See, if you feel angry, the church is a safe place to feel that yeah. and, and to deal with those emotions. That's good. And so the next time something happens, which there are things that are happening every week, to be a constant safe place, to be a constant place where people can anchor their soul in something bigger than issues, to be the church, for people to go, man, I, I'm mad. All right, be yeah. mad. Mm -hmm. let, let, let's, let's embrace this emotion mm -hmm. and let's allow the savior of the universe to deal with it. Because if we try to do it on our own, we're always gonna fail. And so uh, for future reference, when something does happen, mm -hmm. If you do know somebody that has been affected by it, and it could be an Orlando situation, and it's, it's mm -hmm. homosexual, you've got a homosexual friend, and go, hey, I have no idea if you're angry or you're sad or you're, I, I don't really have all the words to say. I don't know if I'm supposed to apologize for something I did not do. But if, if you need somebody to say sorry, I will. That's good. If you, if you need a shoulder to cry on, great. They might say, hey, man, I'm good. Cool. I promise you they will never forget that Facebook message, mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would just encourage, like, as the body of Christ, you just play your part. You, you, sometimes I think we want to fix racial tension and solve problems, but sometimes it's just managing tensions. And it's just, it's just doing your part. And, and, and good. your African-American friend might get angry, but you will be held accountable by God not by them for your actions to simply go hey I, i'm i'm trying to reach out maybe i said the wrong thing but yeah. er, i would rather you err on the side like she said earlier of just going man i'm, I'm just i'm trying to be a christian right now i'm not trying to be a white christian hmm. i'm trying to be a a man of god a woman of god that cares for people when they're hurting and so if you want to hurt around me my my door is open yeah. so that that's that's what my last encouragement would be that's good. so good so good um yeah, that, that kind of reminds me of um, this quote I heard a long time ago that just says, people may not always remember what you say, but they'll remember how you make them feel. And so it goes back to the point of, like, you don't always have to have the words. You don't always have to, um, yeah, just just be, like he was saying, like, be there for someone. Or, um, like, one of my teammates, Nicole, like, reminded me the other day, why are we here? Love God, love people. It's that simple, you know? And I think we just, we, we complicate it you know, trying to do, yeah, I, I think it's just a lot simpler than we make it out to be. So um, I would I would totally echo everything he said. And then um, I just want to say thank you, Jess, and all of you, really. Like, I half expected some people to get up and walk out. So this is awesome. But um, just thank you for caring. Like, this is amazing. Like, just to be reminded that people care and um and I think that's a big thing, at least for me. Like, just show people you care. Like, it, it's the simplest. It's the simplest thing, but sometimes it's so hard for us to do. So, yeah, that's good. I second both those things. <laughs> um, well, thank you, you guys. You guys, can you um, help me and give these guys? Uh, Amazing. Amazing. Uh, 
right. So, um, so tonight, you guys go ahead and just stay standing. Um, I'll be quick. I'll be brief. I promise. I promise. Um, so tonight, um, I just, I love that. And it was so interesting because when I first emailed Ryan, I felt so paralyzed. And you know what Ryan said to me, a, a black man, a minority living in America? He said, he said, Jesse, I'm going to ask you some questions and I want you to, you know, respond to me. And he's like, I am unoffendable. That's what he said to me. He said, you just say what you think. And so I did. And I actually think I probably said some really offensive things to you. Um, I do. Just with my initial thoughts, my initial feelings, my initial whatever. And, he, and then he came back and he answered some questions of mine. And it was amazing how in that moment, like all of a sudden, um, see, the world wants to cause the divide. The devil that, that's where it is. He wants to cause the divide. And it's making everything so hazy within the news and within culture. But the moment you have a conversation, it becomes crystal clear to you. And um, you don't need anybody to tell you the way to think. You don't need a pundit on Fox News or on CNN to tell you the way to think. You know how to think as a Christian, as a person and a bearer of the Holy Spirit. And tonight, I just wanted to give you three takeaways um, three takeaways that that in your world to change the way that our children grow up to change um, the state of hope within our world that number one that you would listen to people in your community that you would um, that you would give up your right to be right that you would give up your right to be heard first that you would give up your right to um, to being understood I have a friend that says, always try to understand before you try being understood. And instead that you would just listen. And I promise that the moment you listen, your heart expands and your, and your eyes expand and you see things the way that Jesus sees things. And the last thing is what Ryan talked about and that's just loving your neighbor. And the moment you feel uncomfortable, church, that's when you know you are doing the right thing. You are doing the right thing. And so tonight, let the Lord speak to you. Let him sow these things deep into you. And I promise you that he will reap in us a generation where our children grow up and they find it to be normal that their parents hand out sack lunches to homeless people. They find it normal that their parents um, have a table that is wide like Chad talks about. They find it normal to live in a world that is different than it is today. A state of hope. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for tonight. Holy Spirit, be with us as we worship. Sow and seal up everything that you've done tonight. I thank you for my friends, for their courage and honesty, and for their deep, just hearts of grace and beauty. I pray that we would just embrace one another tonight and embrace you, Jesus. This is, this is your church, and I can sense it tonight. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. <laughs>